It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. How will the Dallas Cowboys attack the cornerback position this offseason? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, today we are talking about the Cowboys cornerbacks from the 2022 season. Let's first start with Trevon Diggs. How do you think he performed in his first year after uh, being an all-pro nomination last year? You know, I think in some ways Trayvon had a better season than he did the previous year. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously not in the (laughs) takeaway interceptions uh, category, but I I think it was, you know, very unrealistic to expect that kind of production year in, year out from anybody. Um, You know, and I, and I think that where you saw more improvement from, from Trayvon is just a higher level of consistency, right? It was a lot of kind of uh, uh, feast or famine with Trayvon Diggs. and, and, And honestly, I mean, it was his volume of interceptions and pass deflections and plays in the football was so high that it, it certainly made it worth the risk first reward, right? Like you, yeah. you, you take 11 interceptions uh, of, of with versus what he produced on yardage any day of the week. Now, mm-hmm. the problem with that is that you're not going to get 11 interceptions every year. So you need to improve the floor of your game. You need to raise the floor of your game so that you're also preventing completions, which I think is is it was the kind of next part of this game, and I think that's where we saw a lot of improvement this year. Whether it be teams afraid to throw his way because of um, obvious reasons, or uh, it just being that he has kind of closed off that side of the field, I think that his coverage, you know, on a down to down basis, improved a ton, uh, and I think just kind of learning to. Uh, read the situation even better than he had previously. So he's not biting on a lot of these double uh, moves and stuff. He's always going to be susceptible to that stuff there because teams are going to target him for that. But the, the, the give and take of that is that teams are also going to have to deal with the anxiety of, Mm -hmm. you know, throwing the ball to his side because he has every bit of ability to catch the football as, as the other team's wide receivers whenever it's up in the air. And it's not like he didn't have any interceptions either. I mean, he still no, had no. four, <laughs> yeah. which, yeah. I mean, like, just I'm thinking about, like, four years ago when we, it was so rare to get an interception. So to have a cornerback get four and be like, uh, it's a little disappointing. I, I, I mean, I remember a time when we used to look at the, like, the st- standings and, and to find a cornerback on this team that had four interceptions, like, uh, we we got to sign him to a long time. We're, you're like, well, imagine the year that Terrence Newman had four interceptions. It's like, oh, my God, what a long-term deal incoming. Like, Well, I mean, it's, listen, Terrence it's, Newman's it's one, of my, yeah, he's yeah. one of my favorite players oh, of yeah. all time. He had one year of his career where he had more than four interceptions. Yeah. And I always yeah. thought, if he got the four, 
phenomenal year. But just to go to the numbers about like uh, how Diggs improved, I, I've got them right here, courtesy of Pro Football Focus. So in 2021, uh, teams were catching like uh, I don't know, 66% of their targets thrown at Diggs. This year was 55%. Um, the, the most impressive stuff last year, he gave up 18.7 yards per reception this year, dropped down to 12.4%, uh, forced incompletion rate. So basically when he has an interception or a pass deflection or a breakup last year, uh, was 12.2% this year, 14.9%. So across the board, he was a better corner. Didn't get the takeaways. So trade off still. It's one of the most dangerous cornerbacks in the league, and I just thought he improved his consistency altogether. I can't remember. God, I mean, all these games start to blend together. I can't remember what game is, but I, I remember, you know, he just made plays in games that when you needed it. There was, I'm pretty sure, what was that game that I think it was a fourth down play that he basically ended the game in the in, in the red zone by with a pass deflection? Um, uh, it might have been against the Bengals. Yeah, I, I, it's just. You know, like it's stuff like that. He was just very clutch when you needed him to be made big plays, was in tight coverage. Uh, it was, it seemed like a lot more uh, pass deflections this year, you know, where he's reaching in and swatting the ball away and, and getting in that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, it's, it's not as, as flashy as the interceptions last year, but I think it's more effective what you saw from Trayvon Diggs this year as opposed to last year. All right. So, Trayvon is the most consistent part of the secondary. Like we just know what he is. He's a ball hawking corner. Everything else is kind of up in the air, even with the play of Deron Bland, what the Cowboys do with their two veteran quarter cornerbacks, what happens with some of their other day two picks uh, that they have on the roster. We're going to talk about all those guys next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on anything and everything from the money line to point scores and three-pointers drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off season, look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Lena, I'm going to combine two cornerbacks together to talk about them uh, because they're both veterans, both coming off major injuries. Anthony Brown, mm -hmm. uh, who's been a longtime starter on the outside for the Cowboys, scheduled to become a free agent. Jordan Lewis entering the final year of his contract, coming off a Liz Frank injury. How did those two play last year? What do you expect the Cowboys to do this offseason? I think Anthony Brown played 
not quite to the level that he played the year before. I, I think Jordan was, Lewis played better of the two. I, I well, I think that Jordan Lewis played much better than he did pre the 2021 season. In yeah. fact, to the point where if he hadn't got this Liz Frank injury, I almost would be interested in bringing him back, right? Like yeah. I think you bring it back in and then you feel like you have a comfortable situation as at least you're starting three as it stands right now, you know, that injury, unfortunately at, at, at his age, you know, at a, for a guy that already was kind of at the threshold for speed, you mm-hmm. know uh, it's, it's an unfortunate injury and I, I don't know how well that's going to play out. Um, I, I think for Brown, you know, it's probably time to move on. He's, he's, played very good football for the Cowboys for a long time. And honestly, we should all be very grateful for Mm -hmm. it because he, you know, was, was way overachieving uh, a fifth round pick that just a six round pick, right? Six round pick. Six round pick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who, you know, was able to kind of work his way into the starting lineup, get, get it playing time, earn a second contract, uh, earn the contract, play really, really good football in 2021, really decent football last year as well. Uh, unfortunate injury, but I think it's probably time for him to test the waters a little bit, uh, unless you can get like a really sweetheart deal on him. But I do think that it's interesting, right? They are very tied at the hip, despite being you know kind of coming from very different paths. Uh, I, I'm both, I, I you know, I hate to sentimentalize this a little bit, but I'm very proud of of, of the way Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis yeah. bounced back uh, from where they were, let's say, two years ago, right? Because they had they were part of this group that had to go through all these changes and deal with all the the defensive scheme system changes and they played very poorly in 2020 and and both of them bounced back in a major major way in 2021 so uh kudos to those guys i really do hope the best for them i you know on a personal level i love jordan lewis i love following him he's hilarious um and and anthony brown i you know uh I don't know that I would get a Pringle tattooed on my shoulder, but I, I do love that he felt that need to do yeah. that. I love that about Anthony Brown. Yeah, yeah I'm, both these guys have been really good players for the Cowboys for more than half a decade now, right? Yeah. And unfortunately, because Brown is a free agent coming off a torn ACL, and because Jordan Lewis is a really a slot corner coming off a Liz Frank injury, it might be best just to move on but i won't be surprised if jordan lewis is back and that might just depend on um where he's at in his rehab uh the cowboys could release him save i told you the number pre-show i think it's 4.7 million mm-hmm. there's no guaranteed money left I, I i just wonder if the cowboys will do that and potentially try to throw that money back into like donovan wilson and try to keep him yeah that makes a lot of sense you know i think uh like I said, I, I hate to I hate the business side of this, uh, you know, because I I'd like having a guy like yep. Jordan Lewis on our team, and frankly, I like having a guy like Jordan Lewis uh, in that defensive backfield room, mm-hmm. you know, just to kind of well, he's also different in the same way he plays, right? Yeah, he's 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 a very um, he's not Tyrone Matthew, but but he's that kind of like slot corner, right? Where yep. it's it's just good to have him on the field no matter what the situation is. He's very versatile. He's mm-hmm. not a huge necessarily cover guy, but he will cover very well in in and a, a kind of a wide variety. I'm obviously the legend of Jordan Lewis is always going to start with uh, the, that game he had against New Orleans, where he mm-hmm. was able to, uh, to to kind of shut things down uh, uh, with Alvin Kamara. So. Uh, I mean, really, it was only about four plays that covered. I covered Al- Alvin yeah. Kamar, but it was four big plays. So, uh, I, I think I hope the best for, wish the best for both of those guys. I think they performed admirably for the Cowboys, and, and I think Cowboys fans should look at both of these guys very fondly. All right, now let's talk about Deron Bland, who 
I don't want to say save the season for the Cowboys, <laughs> well, but I mean, you can make kinda. an argument. Yeah, I mean, kind of, kind of did. Once Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown went down with injuries, the Cowboys were in a really rough spot. Really, it was tough. And Bland came in, played extremely well some games, struggled in others, but for the most part, gave you competent quarterback play at two different positions. What are the expectations for him going forward? I think they should be high. I mean, you know, look, I, I, I think this is a guy that every single time you've portioned out a little bit more. To, okay, you've earned a little bit more. Here's a little bit more of a portion. Okay, you've you've earned that part. Let's, here's a little bit more. And every single time you add more and more to this plate, it, it didn't feel like we never saw the ceiling. I think there was a point near the end of the season, probably the second to last game, where he started to feel like, okay, this is it. Like this, <laughs> this is where I could take this as a rookie coming off of, you know, from Fresno state starting for the Dallas Cowboys for the last mm-hmm. six games. But I, I, I mean, the fact that where that was, was such a high level already that you were able to rely on him as a starting corner going into the playoffs, you know, against a dangerous mm-hmm. offensive team like San Francisco against a dangerous offensive team, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like, and he was able to hold his own. I think it really bodes well. And, and, and again, uh, it's 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 a miracle almost right like you mm-hmm. you get you, you have this guy you lose two corners back to back that were so playing such good football at the time uh and then to have this these other two rookies underneath him mm-hmm. this uh this uh, se- second round and third round rookies who you throw in they can't handle it what 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 what, what are you going to do you are saved by this true fifth, you know, fifth round pick that you had just taken that year comes in, is able to play inside and outside equally adeptly and allow you to kind of build your secondary piecemeal, your secondary mm-hmm. around be a reliable rookie. I mean, to say that, that he saved the season, I think is, is not an understatement. I, I think the fact that he was able to come in and do what Kelvin Joseph and Nation Wright were not able to do and provide stability. And beyond that, again, the fact that he's able to do that at either inside or outside corner, that's what mm-hmm. really saved the Cowboys because it provided them the versatility to piecemeal that third corner together yep. with a combination of Israel Makamu, Kelvin Joseph, Nashawn Wright, you know, uh, yep. another safety, you know, Israel so McCombo, I, yep. that that's, that's really the key is, is not just that he was able to hold his own, but the fact that he was able to hold his own at multiple positions, uh, it really helped the Cowboys in a major, major way. So, Played well at the beginning of the year. Then that Packers game was rough for him. He just did not play well against the Packers. Christian Watson beat him a lot, whatever it happens. From week 11 on, all right, yeah. he, he gave up an on average 29 yards a game, and teams had a passer rating of 56.2 when targeting him in coverage. Two, gave up two touchdowns, uh, had four interceptions over the final eight games of the season. He was awesome. If you told me this was a first-round pick, like you just got blind resume, first-round pick, we would be thinking, okay, this guy has the potential to be you know, one of the top 10, 12 corners in the league. But I think because he's a fifth-round pick, you're always a little bit hesitant to get too, too excited about these kind of players. But Bland was awesome in, pre- or awesome in training camp. He was awesome in preseason. Then when he came in at the second half of the year, he was awesome. I think Cowboy fans should be really, really – Happy and excited about his future. This is one. I mean, I think I'm ready to call it at this point. This is one that the NFL just straight missed on. 
Like, you know, you, you go and watch the tape. He's got really good tape. It, it just And go dive into the analytics of the pick. If you remember, I'm pretty sure he was like top five rated man corners coming out of this draft. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he struggled a little bit in zone, but I mean, as far as man coverage, which is the most difficult skill to try to teach a corner, he had it in spades coming out of the, out of college. So yeah, I think the fact that the, that that the Cowboys are able to get a guy like that, you know, this isn't like usually if you, when you find a guy like that in the fifth round, he's 5'8", 185 pounds, soaking yep. wet, right? And he can't, or or he's six foot one and he runs a four eight. Like mm-hmm. this guy, like is a legitimate NFL corner that it just feels like the rest of the NFL completely missed on because he didn't go to Fre- he went to Fresno State as, as opposed to Ohio State and and. Right. Uh, I, I think that yeah, it's it's a situation where this isn't a fluke. Like no, we watched I mean, it from OTAs to training camp yeah. to early regular season to late regular season. The progression was steady and it was in one direction. And so, uh, to me, I have a lot of faith that we're going to come back next year. Deron Bland is going to be an even better corner than he was previous to this. Uh, I have faith in, in I'm probably calling him CB2 right now as well, far as I'm concerned. And that's what I was just going to say is Trayvon Diggs is cornerback one. Bland is cornerback two. Not sure exactly where he's going to play, whether it's in the slot or on the outside. That's probably going to depend on cornerback three, which the Cowboys are hoping comes from the next group of players that we're going to discuss. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Layden, let's talk about the rest of the cornerbacks on the roster. And this is where it gets tricky. Let's start with Kelvin Joseph. the second, or I guess he's the third-year player now out of Kentucky. A second-round pick in the 2021 draft. What's going on here? I, you know, look, I, I tended to think that Kelvin actually played some decent football when he had a chance to kind of get plugged in. You know, I, I don't know that he was necessarily – he gave up some plays, obviously, but this was going to – there was going to be a learning curve with him. Like, it was going to – there was going to be a point where he's going to have to be thrown into the game and he's going to have to take his lumps a little bit uh, just because he's he's he needed that that level of development. He has – Again, I'm just going to say it. he still he has natural coverability that is extremely rare. His movement skill, his ability to kind of keep keep with it when 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 guys are moving around, like when it looks right with Kelvin Joseph, it looks extremely right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the problem is consistency. The problem is uh, all you know, kind of no. A lot of what a cornerback does is uh, not just like match guys like like read their hips and and shadow them and mirror them but reading the routes they're running as they're running the route so they can anticipate oh okay he's he's slowing down at the top of his break that means he's either going to break back in break outside but he's he's not going to run past me you know it's 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 understanding route running to the degree that you can read what their player what the player is doing I don't think that 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 curse. I mean, I'm sorry, that Joseph is anywhere near there yet. Like, I think that that's where he's struggling. He has so much natural kind of mirroring ability 
that saved him throughout college. But it, now that you're in the NFL, you got professional route runners, you know, who make all their stims look exactly the same. So it, it's 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 it takes a lot of nuance. I think that he lacks the nuance right now. He has the ability. The question is, will he ever become reliable enough? to kind of avail himself and then kind of get on the field long enough to kind of to continue to develop the skills. That's the problem I have with Joseph right now. He's an incredible special teams player. I don't have a problem getting him on the roster. What I have a problem with is getting him on the field and having him play reliably enough that he can continue to stay on the field so that he can get the development he needs. Because I think that's where the issue is. He needs playing time, but if I can't put him on the field because I can't trust yeah. him, then it's hard to develop him. I think you nailed it. Like, there's just a lack of playing time. I'm, so he's a, he's a two-year NFL pro coming from two different colleges. How many total coverage snaps do you think he has between the NFL regular season, preseason, and in college? 300, maybe? 400, maybe? Well, yeah, it's, it's his total snaps are 595 on defense oh, in That's... college, preseason, and the NFL. I understand I undercut that, but that's because I knew it was low. And so, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's still insanely low. Like, that's just not a very high amount of experience, you know? But you're right. Like, in order for him to get more experience, the coaches have to trust him. They've got to see it in practice. They've got to see some maturity there. Like, show. I mean, I'm not not saying this didn't happen, but it does sound like there's some rumors that still maybe struggling to be on time and to – you know, do all that kind of stuff. Details, he, right? Yeah. Details. It's that now, stuff that you feel like you worry about with him. He's still only 22 years old. And maybe going into year three, things will flip for him because this is probably it for him. Like, I know his co- rookie contract runs through 2024, but if it doesn't happen by the end of year three, I don't think the Cowboys are doing this experiment again. Yeah. I mean, especially what we've already been through, we don't need to go into all the off field stuff and all that, but it's like, uh, you know, if, if we're not getting something out of this and look, I think he's the, the part that he's kind of earned himself on is his special teams play has been fantastic. Yeah. Like, it, it, I mean, it, he, he's actually an asset there now. We should, we should mention that now that's nothing. That's not why you draft a guy in the second no. round, but, but I will say that like, we're getting some value out of having him on a game day roster. So that's at least something but but we you really need him to kind of drill down on the the specifics of yeah. it because you need him to be able to get on the field in order to develop into the player that you hope that he can become. Yeah, fourth highest graded special teams player in all the NFL last year, oh, according to Pro that's... Football Focus. So you're right. Uh, let's talk about Nation Wright, um, another cornerback that the Cowboys drafted in the third round of the 2021 draft. I thought as a rookie there was some really good signs, especially in training camp and preseason. This year, it seemed like he took a step back. Are you still optimistic about Nashon? I think he's at a crossroads, right? I think Nashon's kind of the opposite of Kelvin Joseph, where uh, he doesn't have the kind of physical tools that are commonly associated with uh, a man mirroring kind of cornerback. He is very much the zone corner, long, uh, you know. And and, and what what it means for those guys is that he has to be – super on top of his technique you know like he really has to be like he has to be the cerebral player to use those gadgets in such a way to be able to kind of cut off passing lanes close windows uh and and you know look if there are going to be times when if you're nation right 
the guy gets past you and you don't have the speed to kind of keep, keep up with some of these smaller, quicker guys. So you've got to find a way to anticipate the route running in order to buy yourself the most time before a guy can kind of run past you, give your pass rush the most time to get home before the ball gets thrown. Um, and, and for right, that means that he's going to need to become even more physical at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. He's got to find a way to take advantage of that body type. And he's got to bulk up too. Like he needs to gain a good 15. Well, that's to... those go hand in hand to yeah. me, right? Like the problem is, is that you're a big corner, but you got to play like a big corner. Cause you, cause you, you, you know, you can't play like he's five, nine hundred and eighty five pounds sometimes. Right. Like you just and, can't and, do that. And it works at times in training camp. You see it, you know, he gets back, he he comes off of his man in zone and he and he and he makes a play that, you know, a normal six foot corner is not gonna make. Right. Um, you know, but you need him to uh uh really kind of start playing into his body a little bit better in order to kind of unlock his skill set because he's just not gonna be able to play off man coverage and keep up with some of these is it bigger or smaller wide receivers. He's just, it's, it's, he needs to disrupt the stem. He needs to stop the route, the route at the, at the, at, at the line of scrimmage, get the game off rhythm with his quarterback, and then look back at the ball and use those levers wh- while he's close to the man to mm-hmm. knock the ball away. If he's off coverage and he's giving these guys all this space to operate, he doesn't have the, quick twitch to gear up to get to these guys and he doesn't have the the kind of uh you know agility to have reactive athleticism to like someone like you know Tyreek Hill like you know running a sluggo you know so he's got to find a way to use the skills that he's got which are considerable but it's a little bit like his game is a little bit mismatched with his skill set and I think if he can unify that a little bit and I agree putting on 10 to 15 pounds, like making him a little bit more physically intimidating. I think that will do wonders for his game. The other thing is if he, he needs to be a better special teams player. Like that's one thing that Joseph has is so much better than nation, right? Is he's really locked down one of those gunner rules. I think nation just needs to get better there because if he can, let's say overtake CJ Goodwin, who the Cowboys have been trying to get rid of for 15 years and keeps (laughs) coming back on the roster. Can't stop him. At some point, now you have some value there, right? Now you can hang on the roster as the quarterback, corner four or five and whatever. But I think if he's not going to be a special teams guy and the play is only so-so on defense, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Cowboys move on. The Cowboys could somehow fuse these two players into a Kelvin Wright then yeah. uh, you may have the best cornerback in, in the NFL, but the problem is you got two guys who are on opposite ends of the spectrum who kind of represent two different sides of the yeah. problem. You need one of these two to please figure this out this year. Um, but before we go, the Cowboys are obviously going to add a corner or two this offseason. Would you prefer they do it early in the draft, middle in the draft, or in free agency? <sighs> I think I prefer the draft. I, I don't know that I want to say necessarily, or I mean, let's say early, meaning early being like day one 100. or day two. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I would say early in the draft. Um, you know, I think that they're probably are going. I haven't looked terribly terribly deep into the, the 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 free agent market for corners, but I, I imagine that there could be some nice stopgap situations there that you might be interested in. I know that 
was is it Shaquille Griffin uh, mm-hmm. available? Yeah. There's some guys that have some some history with with. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll run down the names yeah. really quickly. Okay, yeah. Jamal Dean is going to get paid a ton. James Bradbury mm-hmm. t- paid a ton. Uh, Patrick Peterson. He played better football than I expected yeah. him to play last yeah. year, so maybe. Uh, Rocky Sin, Marcus Peters, Sean Murphy, Bunting, Eli Apple. No, <laughs> I mean, Marcus why... Peters. Marcus Peters, like you can't have Marcus Peters on the same team that Javon Diggs is. Like, uh, you know, it's it, it, I don't know. You, you got to have one, you know, kind of not feast or famine corner on that team, right? Now, I wouldn't mind taking a shot on somebody like Shaquille Griffin, or you mentioned like Sean Murphy Bunting, just because he's fairly young. But I, yeah, Bunting was the guy that of those that I was going to say. Yeah. But it's the draft for me, right? Like, I think this team can afford to draft a cornerback in the top 100 in one of the best and deepest cornerback classes I've ever seen. If you could add a guy like, I know you like Joey Porter Jr. a lot, I like Cam Smith a lot, one of those caliber of cornerbacks. Now we're talking about this being a really good positional group to potentially elite. And that's how maybe this defense goes to another level. Yeah. And, you know, listen, I also don't think that we should discount the play. Uh, not that you were, and we'll talk about him more, I'm sure, in a couple of days. Uh, but the play of Israel Mukamu when I he agree. was uh, reduced down into the corner as part of a just dire need situation during the, the last run. Mukamu played incredible football whether we want to talk about him being a safety whether we want to talk about him being a corner this is another one of these guys who you want to talk about saving the season i I think mcquamu's play at the end of the year allowed deron bland to do what he was what he was doing he filled in the gaps right and and he did so at an incredibly high level i look for mcquamu to take a step next year i i think that not necessarily a move to cornerback but this is someone that we should consider when we're talking about the cornerback room because I do think he will see snaps as a as a nickelback yep. that will help alleviate some of the stuff. So what you may end up seeing sometimes as your starting nickel defense is Mukwamu as your nickelback, uh, Bland on the outside, and then obviously Diggs on the other side. You know how much I love Israel Makamo, so that's more than fine by me. More Izzy for me, please. Uh, That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Draft Show. Damian Parsons and Keith Sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects with deep dives into the sleepers and hidden gems that can change your favorite NFL franchise. Find Locked On NFL Draft wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for listening to the show. Go check it out on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we will see you guys next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.